Hey, what's up? This is Kat Jones, your host. Today is March 7th, 2020, and you know we're going to be anything but straight on Queer All Year. Yo, what's up? This is Kat, as always, and I am joined by my bro and sound producer and, yes, co-host, McGee. Oh, I brought Shoshana. Man, that's another Tarantino movie I love. Ha. Huh. Everybody go watch Reservoir Dogs. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we can just jump into it today, I think, unless you want to jump into anything? Yeah, might as well. Let's, let's jump get into on and... Yeah. Let's jump into me being a disgusting thespian again. Shout out to Elijah. Like a catchphrase, yeah. Elijah. Elijah has, made uh, it our catchphrase. And yeah. uh yeah, whatever. Hopefully I'm... we'll have him on soon to do some segments, stuff yeah. like that. Hey Elijah, He's I keep got forgetting a lot to ask of good you. Stuff to put in. Yeah. I keep forgetting to ask you. Um I'm asking you now. <laughs> come guest come, host. Come back. back. We need you. <laughs> come back. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to be a disgusting thespian and talk about um, a young playwright who um, whose play made quite a splash and continues to be a big, maybe not a big part of queer history, but definitely influential. Um, so we're going back to 1999, um, which is not the year that Prince came out with that song. Just FYI. Oh, 1999. It was a terrible year and a wonderful year. Um, So anyway, 17-year-old Samantha Geller wrote a play, Life versus the Paperback Romance. And when it was chosen as one of the winners of the Charlotte, North Carolina Youth Playwrights Festival contest, she could not have known that her life was about to be taken down a course of scandal, intrigue, and advocacy. Um, now there were, I believe five winners and each of the winners got to have their, their play produced and, um, won $100. Now, Sarah got a hundred dollars, but her play was not acknowledged as one of the ones that won and it was not allowed to be performed because, um, the reason given was that it deals with lesbian love and was therefore inappropriate for middle and high school audiences. Um, and she, you know, kind of fumed for a while, um, obviously, rightfully. Um, and then she realized that she couldn't just sit by and let d- the discrimination continue. She said she recognized it as discrimination, which she'd been trying to fight in her play. And she knew that she had to, like, do something to get it out there. So um, what ended up happening is a bunch of uh, local organizations all banded together and they staged, um, she ended up staging her own reading of it on March 7th in 1999. So she just completely went past, you know, the whole uh, contest people and had her own reading of it. And they had a panel discussion afterward uh, during which the uh, some sponsors of the Young Playwrights Contest um, tried and hilariously failed to explain why it was still inappropriate for high school and middle school audiences. So the um, biggest names in film and stage still come together occasionally to either read or perform the piece because it made um, so much history, so, so many waves at the time. Um, because, you know, 99 wasn't really the big whole, I mean, we didn't have social media and everything to promote it. The fact that it got like 
this big, big enough that like big name performers, like queer performers um, on stage and film uh, know about it and it, like wanted to perform it because it was like so important since it'd been discriminated against and tried to be erased and she brought it out of the shadows. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing that it's still around and still being performed. And Samantha today is a uh, a film writer, she or a filmmaker. She is still working in Charlotte. Um, she is a an independent filmmaker, um, and as such, she is um, hoping to work with a, one of her um, friends in a production company um, and focus on characters in her films. So um, Kill, Kill Jenny Productions, which she is hoping to call it, um, will not focus on lesbian films, Geller insists, but instead on good films and stories that just happen to include lesbian characters, which I love. I love stories that are, they're, they have characters and those characters have lives and identities and they just fit into the character. So I really like that Samantha is keeping that um, inside her work, keeping the idea that it's it's just a natural thing in the world that, you know, the fact that it's normal and natural might shock some people. And, you know, if you're going to shock some people, you might as well do it with, um, you know, integrity not trying to go out and shock people necessarily there are people doing that you know i mean if you if you're one of those people you do that if you're not i mean shocking the world sometimes is just an accident like it was for samantha i have not called her sarah yay um it's not sarah geller so um she is um working on five films Five films right now, I believe. Uh, one of them is, um, you know, in indefinitely, whatever they call it, hanging out. Um, but I am kind of looking forward to seeing if um, I can go to any screenings or anything. That would be pretty cool. Maybe we could have a meetup if we could find a screening somewhere. Um, so that all having been said, I am done being a disgusting thespian. And I'm passing it off to a little segment with McGee. Hey, folks. I'm going to return to the topic of great guitars. Today is arguably the most famous guitar in the world. Deriving from the name of the guitarist, the Les Paul is an iconic guitar so much that other brand guitars with the same design are referred to as Les Paul style. In many ways, the guitar has become more known than the guitarist. This isn't to take anything away from the human. I was actually lucky enough to meet and watch him perform in um, New York uh, before he passed away. And he's, he's still at the chops. He was amazing. And I got to take a picture with him. It was really cool. Um, but and incidentally, he wasn't playing a Les Paul. It was a Gibson, uh, like a archtop type thing. I'm not sure what model, but it definitely wasn't a Les Paul, which I thought was funny. Um, and uh, when playing rock music, the usual choice is to use a Stratocaster or a Les Paul. The former having a screaming, feedback-inducing, uh, high treble sound, whereas the latter, the um, 
the Les Paul has um, these hum bucking pickups, which gets rid of the hum slash feedback, and it's smoother and also much louder is uh, what the Les Paul gets from it. it this is called hotter. They, they have hotter pickups. Um, and although it's not known if Les Paul gave any of the guitars names individually, the Les Paul series guitars are worth mentioning themselves. I'm Mick G, and this is a little segment. All right, awesome, Mick G. Thank you very much. We are now going to go into a show called CBS Reports, and it used to be, I don't know if it's still out there, but it used to be uh, kind of like a one hour, I think a week, um, documentary type thing that was aired on TV. Um, so in 1967, CBS Reports had an episode called The Homosexuals. It was the very first network documentary that talked about homosexuality. Everything else generally had a, um, a quote-unquote panel of quote-unquote experts who would talk about like um, how it was a mental disorder, that kind of thing. Um, so this is a documentary, and the creator... Um, had kind of, I mean, he didn't mean it to be, he he had good intentions, and that doesn't always mean anything. Um, He um, had interviews with people who were gay. He had interviews with, like, psychiatrists who said it wasn't bad. uh, There are people who I think said it was, you know, was bad. Um, I'm not really sure the mix of it. I've tried to find it to watch it online, and it's a... It's going to be hard. I don't want to get a virus, but we'll see. Um, So there's this quote. I mean, um, he didn't mean it to be disparaging, but it turned up to be pretty bad. So he has a quote in it that says, The average homosexual, if there be such, is promiscuous. He is not interested or capable of a lasting relationship like that of a heterosexual marriage. His sex life, his love life, consists of a series of one-chance encounters at the clubs and bars he inhabits. And even on the streets of the city, the pickup, the one-night stand, these are characteristics of the homosexual relationship. Woo. Wow. Um, so this person did all these interviews, talked with all these people, and got that out of their whole research and everything. I mean, if you're Jeffrey Dahmer, then yes, that's how you live. Other than that, that is, I mean, that's a horrifying sentence. Um, it's, uh, it went through several rewrites. It got pulled several times, but there was so much like press around it. There were so many whispers and stuff. People had heard about it that there was no way they couldn't eventually release it. So they did release it in 1967. Um, and you know, it was a, it was, it was a mixed bag. Well, it was mostly a bad bag. Um, so Wayne Besson, I believe you pronounce it in his book, anything but straight unmasking the scandals and lies behind the ex-gay myth says, It is no exaggeration to say that this broadcast can easily be viewed as the single most destructive hour of anti-gay propaganda in our nation's history, which is a little histrionic. Um, Do you need some water, sir? But um, other than that, I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know if you can call it the most destructive hour of anti-gay propaganda in our nation's history, because there's been some stuff. There's been some stuff. 
Um, I kind of want to read the rest of the book. I read a bit of it to get that, you know, up to that quote and all that. I don't want to, I want to read it and I don't. It sounds horrible. I don't want it on my Kindle, but maybe, I don't know. Patreon.com slash queer all year. Um, so I think that's about all I've got, you know, like buy me books or make me read books. <laughs> buy her books. Make me read books. Who's the one? Um, Ludie? Oh, Luby? Uh, Luby. Luby. L- Luby Martin? Yeah. Yeah, that's our famous... Sometime we should read more ...favorite um, author at this point. Yes. Read Luby Martin. It will make you so confused we and angry. We might just read one of his whole Oh, uh, I don't know about the whole like a, book. Well, I mean, as a bonus series on Patreon. No, but I mean, like, we need to have at least commentary or something, so it's like in it's like fair use. Oh, right. Touche. Yeah, yeah. That would be... We don't want to go to jail. Please don't send us to jail. I don't think we go to jail. Uh, yeah, we'd have to pay a lot of money. That we probably don't have. smash my computer. Donate to Patreon.com just in case we get sued. Yeah, <laughs> help us <laughs> find. Help us uh, have get help rid a- of the consequences of illegal. <laughs> help us actions. not care about um, what do you call it? Not co- copywriting. Well, copyright scandal. Like plagiarism. Plagiarism is the word I am thinking of. You disgusting thespian. I don't know what that has to do with being a thespian. Right. As it was coming out of my mouth, it, I realized it didn't apply. I mean, it makes me but... disgusting. Have You know, my English degree mean nothing because I can't remember words. If you want to hear more things about her English degree, go <laughs> to uh, patreon.com slash queer all year. <laughs> we'll You'll talk hear all... great segues there. <laughs> we'll and... talk all about my long history toward my degree. Yes. My awful, awful downfall. We can talk about my music degree, which uh, made sense. (laughs) Everything we did made sense, and now we can do nothing with it. Except this. You know, at least you get to use your degree. I'm over here forgetting words and reading bullet points. (laughs) Except I never had a class that said uh, what these squigglies are on the screen. Uh, Well, that's that's what YouTube's for. Yeah, right. I, I know that if the squiggly gets too high, it means that I'm too loud. And yeah. then if the little green bar gets into the yellow, I need to quiet down a little. And then if it gets in the red, I think GarageBand will shut down, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it'll shut the monitor off. That's always been fun. That was good for that one time that the whatever mic you were using just screamed yeah. so loud it woke up like a neighborhood. Fun little <laughs> mic that I tried to put back together myself. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash queer all year. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, Queer All Year Pod. Uh, oh, we just changed the Facebook group to Queer All Year Mafia. Yeah, that's you guys now. You are the Queer All Year Mafia. Y'all are the gay mafia. So, um, sorry to jump you in like this, but... <laughs> blood in, blood out, yo. Yeah. I don't even the know what that would The only way out is in a box. Like a, like a, a leave group box button. Anyway, uh, what else have we talked about? Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's our things. We said Patreon. We said, oh, um, please subscribe, download, and rate our podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Pod that's Kat's favorite word. Um, we might have some kind of petition to get people to um, ban the term podcatcher. I demand we take it to the Supreme Court. Right. I mean, sometimes freedom of speech isn't that great. Yeah. It's not freedom from consequences, and the consequence should be that podcatcher is not allowed to be a word. She said, as someone with an English degree who shouldn't say that. Anyway, um, 
yeah, so that's about all we've got today. And, um, yeah, as always, we love you.